Today's conversation is, who is a functioning overthinker? Welcome to the Functioning Overthinkers Weekly Podcast. Here, we will discuss the healthy limits of overthinking and are reminded to not be anxious about anything, but to trust God in everything. I'm your host, Shanice Sadler. <laughs> Welcome, welcome, welcome back. I have been so thankful for the feedback thus far, all the words of encouragement, everyone that reached out. Thank you for that. Those that are using Apple Podcasts, don't forget to leave a review and let us know what your favorite part of this episode was. Most of you guys reached out to ask, what is the definition or who is a functioning overthinker? How did you come up with this phrase? So we're going to uncover that in this episode. And to do that, I'm going to take you all the way back, back to the beginning, back to the 23-year-old Shanae. <laughs> so for that one, we are going to need a tall glass of your favorite drink because we are going to uncover some conversations, some things that we don't want to hear, some things that we have been suppressing for a long time. So my favorite drink of choice is a mimosa with 90% champagne and 10% orange juice. So don't laugh, don't judge. We're here, we're vulnerable. So throughout this episode, I want you to sip with me in agreement to anything that resonates with you and also leave your comment as to which one best, you know, resonated with you and why. Now, now, before I get to the part where your light bulb moment goes off and you are now recognizing some of the things that you have been pushing to the side or holding off on, I'm going to let you know or let you in on who is a functioning overthinker. When you really look into the definition of who an overthinker is, there's just one thing that always stands out, at least to me. And that is an overthinker is someone who is just generally worrisome. They either think about things in the past or they worry about things to come. So it's either way, they're just overall worrisome. Just even thinking about like that definition and who that type of person is, it is tiresome. You, you realize that that type of person is always on a hamster wheel, just going, just going, just going, ticking off the clock. It's like a never ending cycle of things that they have to change or things to do, or it's just that never ending cycle of worry. All right. And when you think about that, you realize that that's not a good way to live. That's not a healthy way to live. And because of that, you dwell on things like that first heartbreak or the signs that you should have seen or the bad financial investment that you have done or, you know, just those unborn kids that you don't even have. It's just a never ending cycle of dwelling on the issues of life. And we all know that life comes with issues. So if you're always dwelling on the issues of life, that means you're always thinking. So it becomes an overthinking thought or process of things. So even when there is nothing for you to worry about because you have developed that habit of worrying, it now becomes a natural part of you. You don't even know that you're doing it. And because I was that person once, 
I know what it feels like, all right? Because it's very common. A lot of us, we don't know who to speak to on topics such as this because we feel like we're in our own silos and there's no one else that will really understand what we're going through mentally. And sometimes it's even hard to explain what you're going through because you can't put the words to it. But because we're honest people over here, I will admit that I have been there and I have been there quite often in recent times. So it's not a been there, done that situation. It's a, it's a never ending thing that you always have to remind yourself or take yourself out of, right? So being a functioning overthinker means that you are not at the extreme point of overthinking. So you're past the extremities of overthinking. But now you're at the point where you're functional or you have become a problem solver, aka the functioning overthinker. So to be a functioning overthinker, it requires you to be honest with yourself. It requires you to be transparent. And that big viewer that we hate to hear, we have to be also vulnerable. Reason being, and the truth is, we need to speak up to get past those extremities. We need to have persons and people or just even if it's one person, even if, you know, even if it's just a therapist, anyone that you can give an outlet to. You need those people around you to let you know when it's too much or to talk you down off of some of your thoughts. You need that community. And being vulnerable and transparent and honest is the only way to get that community around you. Not only a functioning overthinker, vulnerable person, but we are now able to solve problems. As I told you before, we're not at the extremities of overthinking and we're not on the hamster wheel anymore. We're now becoming problem solvers. We're now using that overthinking tendencies that we used to once have in abundance to now solve problems. It sounds easy, but it all comes down to the mindset. And for me, also my faith. My strength to overcome isn't a man-made thing. It, it's really not. It's a supernatural power, but that's for a whole nother podcast. But really and truly, it comes down to the mindset and what you're willing to do to really get past certain things and certain um, tendencies that you have. Being a functioning overthinker allows you to be confident enough at work, in your relationships, or whatever endeavors. Because now you know that you're able to solve problems, you tend to use that for the betterment. You're not just sitting there like, oh my gosh, well, my phone bill needs to be paid. I don't have any money. I uh, defeated. No, you're no longer doing that. You're saying, all right, my phone bill needs to be paid. All right, Shanae, let's go out there. Let's do a logo for someone or let's go out there. Let's do a, let's see. Let's teach somebody how to develop a website. Let's do something and hustle and make that money to pay that phone bill. So now we're thinking about actions, things that we can do, action steps. We're not just sitting in defeat anymore. We're not just sitting on the couch or sitting in the car, in the driveway, like just filled with thoughts and never ending problems and things that we don't talk about. We are now putting actions to it. And that is who a functioning overthinker is. I know I said a lot, but I hope that pieces of it really resonated with you because that is who you need to be. That's where you need to get to. As an avid overthinker, you need to get to that, that 
crossroads of not feeling defeated every single time, but you're able to rise above some of life cycles. You're not always below, but now you're rising to be above. And so that's really the definition of who a functioning overthinker is. But now I'm going to even tell you how we got there. So again, as I mentioned before, I'm going to take you back all the way back <laughs> to that 23-year-old Shanae. That's when my overthinking tendencies really, really, really began. And it, that was the age I got out of college. I went to Howard University. H, you, you know. But yeah, I graduated from Howard University and I got a bachelor's of science in computer engineering. So I have an engineering degree. And you were taught that when you are in senior year and you graduate, you would land big jobs and being a Jamaican on top of all of that, being an international student, you are thinking, okay, you're coming here. You're going to go to school. You go rack up them loans <laughs> and then you're going to land a big job to pay back these loans. But little did I know that my life wouldn't go that route. I wouldn't land that big job like everyone else. My journey to success was going to be a little bit slower. I didn't understand that at that time. And so when I graduated, I was working at reputable enough job, but I wouldn't say that I was feeling successful at that job because it wasn't directly in the field of study that I just graduated from. And so I remember thinking to myself, okay, I need to land a job. I need, I need to do something that I really, really love. But during that period, I just felt so alone. I didn't know how to explain my thoughts, what I was going through. I remember coming home from work, sitting in the dark many nights, just trying to apply to jobs and things weren't looking up. Things were looking great. So you go into that, 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 that thought process of, you know, your lack of confidence and, you're not good enough. And why can't you land that job? Everyone else is landing those jobs. And you just start to feel less than because at that point in time, who I was and my worth was wrapped up in a role, some company. It, it didn't even matter what company it was. It was just that sad. It didn't even matter. The company is just something that I could make post worthy on Instagram, something that I could make post worthy on LinkedIn. It was just that extreme. So it became a never ending cycle of Shanae. You, nothing is going on with you. Like girl, bye, you know, like went through that period. And I remember my goddaughter, her christening for those that are Christians. I mean, you know, we christen babies. So I had to be there for my goddaughter's christening. And so I went to Florida and I remember applying to a job back when I was in DC and I got the immediate, <laughs> the immediate email to say, if you don't live in Florida, then you can't apply to the job. I remember when I got there, I was like, wait, there was this job I applied to like six months ago. I'm now in Florida. I always wanted to live in Florida. I have nothing tying me to DC. Why not move to Florida, right? So I applied to the job and, you know, they reached out back to me and I was like, can I come in today? Because it was a Friday. I was like, can I come in today for an interview? And I'm pretty sure the person was like, uh, well, well, okay. They did say, okay. So I went in, did the um, interview, got the job and 
man at that time, I didn't know about that company, but I felt really, really good because whatever I was doing at that point in time, you know, developing WordPress websites, it was right along the line of path of what I was doing. And I grew to love that job. It, it's my first big girl, <laughs> my first big girl job. So I loved it. And I became a manager at the job and everything was just flourishing. And that's, that's, that's when my shine took place. And during that period too, I realized that my overthinking tendencies started to fade away a little bit. I started to do more. I started to act in faith. I started to believe again. I started to reach out to people. I started to be friendly again. I started to be a good friend, a good daughter, you know, a good sister. Because when you're going through your overthinking tendencies, you tend to go, you know, back into a dark place and you don't want to speak to anybody. And just no one understands because you can't even explain what it is. So I started to be Shanae again. And that's when I realized, okay, you still have these tendencies here and there. Like I still have my moments, but I'm functioning. I'm still getting things done. I'm still succeeding. And that's where I came up with the phrase, a functioning overthinker, because it's just to highlight that I am not perfect, but I'm not once where I used to be. And so I wanted to create this podcast, create this community of people that think that they're in their own silos and they just have these thoughts and people always say, oh, something is wrong with you. Just stop thinking. And they think it's just that easy to just get over, you know? Letting you guys know that there is other people around you like that and just tapping into a community of those that are like you will help you to rise above, will help you to get past that stage of feeling alone, get past that stage of feeling like you're, you are less than because you aren't. You're so much more and just changing your mindset a little bit and tapping into a community of people can really go a far, far way. And that brings me to the point of, yes, you can get past the extremities. Yes, you can get past the depression. Yes, you can get past the sadness. And I'm going to let you in on a few little tidbits one of my secret, I kind of mentioned it before earlier on about how did I get to that crossroads of being a functioning overthinker. And that is, again, having good, solid friends, having a group of friends that you can lean on, a group of friends that you can call with solid, expecting solid, solid advice. I know sometimes when you're going through your period of mourning or just sadness and depression, you sometimes want people to be like, yeah, I get it. and kind of feel along with you and to go into that mood with you or that mode with you. But really and truly, you need friends that would tell you, all right, Shanae, I hear what you're saying, but let's do this. Or I hear what you're saying. So you need them to be empathetic, but you don't want them to be defeated and to take on your issues and not really feed back into you. So you need friends that are mentally stable enough to handle you and to push good vibes and 
positivity back into you when needed. So you need that solid group of friends. You need people that will tell you like it is. As overthinkers, we cannot afford friends that are passive aggressive because one, it just simply annoys us. But two, we won't know. And because we are always overthinking, adding that passive aggressiveness to our bucket list or things of to-dos, <laughs> really, it's just becoming too much. So having passive aggressive friends isn't overall healthy for us. And it will make your journey towards becoming better just a longer one because you're now wondering, okay, what did that friend mean? Or did that friend actually mean this? And it's just too much. So getting friends that will tell you like it is, is very, very, very important. And now that we're on the topic of friends, I, that also includes your significant other. So having your significant other who is good and not toxic. We know that word has blown up big now in the Gen Z millennial world, but having people that are not toxic around you is very important as well, because if your significant other is toxic, can you imagine that soul tie that you have to a toxic person? Plus on top of that, you're an avid overthinker, man, man, that's crazy. That's a crazy combination. Right now, my significant other that I so love, he's awesome sauce. He's great. His mental state and capacity way surpasses mine. And he's beautiful because of that. I love him because of his mindset. And when I try to explain that to people, they don't really grasp what I'm saying, but I see what I'm saying. Like I've been in positions where I'm like, man, I can't do this. And just the simplest words of encouragement and the way how he says what he says, that's it for me. That's gold. And having people around you that really knows how to speak to you and speak to your soul is essential. Like the man, anyways, <laughs> Ooh, yeah. So here we are. Yes, here we are. So let's let's take a sip real quick because we're getting into some deep conversations and it's just bringing back up some memories of the past relationships that I've been in and just how much of my energy was spent trying to do things and to say things and to convince and it was just a lot. But having someone that really pumps that good energy back into you, it's unmatched. It's really unmatched. There's nothing like it. So again, having good friends and having a significant other that will really rock with you, that will really stick it through, that will really hold you up while you get to that place is very, very, very important. And at this point, I know I uncovered or unturned many rocks. So I know you're probably sitting there like, wow, I, whew, you know, that was a lot. But I wanted that. I wanted that reaction because it's time to really face our fears. And one of our biggest fear, for most of us at least, is ourselves. We don't want to really face the issues and the problems that we're having because it can get ugly. And because we don't want to do any introspection to really find out how ugly some of us are underneath all of the fluff, 
we tend to push it to the side and to suppress all those emotions. But again, this podcast is not about the fluff. We're getting deep. And I hope that I was able to uncover or unturn some of those rocks that you have been having in those places for a long time, those big boulders that are just hard to move, that people could not get you to move. I hope that I was able to get you to unturn those big boulders. Today's episode, again, was defining who a functioning overthinker is. And as an overthinker, what are some of the tactical things that you can do to really become or be in a position that you aren't weighed down by depression and sadness and just life. And this wraps up the end of this episode. Until next time, stay functioning. You are bomb.com.